This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Be Great With Your Money podcast. My name is James E. Anderson at IMJD Anderson, and it's the podcast we talk about everything about business, money, capitalism, and finance. And in this episode, guys, we are going to talk about everything life insurance. I'd rather be broke. All right, so let's go ahead and dive into it. And the reason why I'm doing this episode, ladies and gentlemen, I'm doing the follow-up to the YouTube video I did actually maybe about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. We'll insert a quick clip of that. And in this video, we're going to talk about five reasons why you probably want to consider term life insurance over whole life insurance. So reason number one, term life tends to be a lot cheaper than whole life insurance. Usually whole life insurance will probably cost you anywhere between 25 to 50 times more and that's huge because if you got maybe about a $250,000 death policy uh, on term insurance you're probably looking at about 25 30 40 bucks a month that's very reasonable but if you have that same coverage as far as whole life insurance is concerned you're probably looking at anywhere between 500 600 700 dollars every single month on that same coverage whole life insurance and variable life insurance Universal Life Index, all those things that are tied in as far as an investment alongside of your insurance policy, typically, typically you can get a better rate of return if you were to take the money and actually invest it yourself. Universal Life Index policies, whole life insurance policies, they're riddled with fees. I mean, there's a lot of things going on between the investment side, the insurance side. But here's what I want you guys to understand. Life insurance is one of those things that you know, you, you, you got it, you have it, you don't understand it, you, you want it, you need it, you don't know if you need it, you have nothing going on, you, somebody say you need it, somebody say you don't need it, you have no idea what the deal is. So in this episode, I'm going to break down life insurance and just give you just a little bit of guidance, tips, examples, whatever it is that you actually you absolutely need to make a choice for yourself. Now, by no means am I, am I giving you guys financial advice. I'm just giving you things that I've learned on my journey as I've been working to get personally financially successful, as I position myself to be you know, comfortable with my money, good with my money, and of course, great with my money. And all these strategies I'm going to share right here is what I've actually worked with many families on. Now, here's the thing. I want everybody to be proactive and understanding what applies to your financial situation. But I also want you to kind of take a step back and just have an open mind as I go through this. Because a lot of people say, well, James, you're just a little bit biased when it comes down to life insurance. And here's the thing. I might have a little bit of a bias, but I want everybody to understand of how critical it is for you, your family, long-term wealth, and really preserving your wealth. That is the key, okay? So first off, before we start breaking into to the life insurance, what the types are, what the definitions are, let's give you the main principle of any competent, personal, financially focused person in personal finance, the definition of life insurance. And really what it is, is basically your income replacement. That's what life insurance is there for, is to assure that if you were to pass away today, if something tragic were to happen, if your life was to be cut short, and so your family can maintain and go on. It's not for final expenses. I know a lot of people like to put, well, it's to cover funeral costs and debt costs and all that stuff. No, it's for income replacement. 
That is the reason why life insurances are in place. Most people don't know how to set up their policies just straight up for them to support their family. They really don't understand it. And that's why I wanted to kind of put that video out there on YouTube talking about the five reasons why you might consider term life versus whole life. And also why I want to do a follow-up episode to kind of start diving deep and breaking down into the psychology behind life insurance. So the first thing you have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, is that it's for income replacement. You're going to hear me say that a lot. You're going to, man, you, you're going to hear me say that on this episode so much because I want everybody to know that is our primary focus. Now, if we take that primary focus as income replacement, let's start diving into what we actually need to do. So first of all, how much life insurance do you actually need? That's the question that most people do cannot answer. They have no idea. How much life insurance do you need? Now, if we stick with our premise of why we need life insurance is that we wanted to have income replacement, then really the rule of thumb, and it's a general rule of thumb, you need 10 to 20 times what you make in a year in life insurance. Remember, Income replacement, I pass away tomorrow, I got to have at least 10 to 20 times what I made in a year in a life insurance policy. Now, how it breaks down is simply this. Let's say, for instance, I got a person that makes $50,000, okay, and abruptly their life was ended. They would need a policy anywhere from $500,000 to a million. The reason why that's key is because when you get that life insurance payout, let's take the low end of $500,000, you pay some expenses, some final expenses, and let's say you end up with $450,000 when it's all said and done. Now you take that $450,000 and go invest that, and now let's say, for instance, you get 9 10 12% rate of return on that money as it's being invested, you're going to get close to that same $50,000 every single year. So efficiently, what has been, what has happened is that the people that are left over, the kids, the family, the wife, the husband, whatever the case might be, they're getting that same income coming in without you being there. That's what we mean by income replacement. Now, let's say, for instance, I got the million-dollar policy. Take the money out, do a couple things. Let's say I end up with $900,000 when it's all said and done. That's what the family has. Guess what? You can go into even conservative investment, possibly put that into a bond fund or maybe you know a balanced fund, an asset-allocated fund. And then what ends up happening, you can get 4 5 6% on that, not very high risk, preserve the principal, and now you get paid off that same $50,000 literally until the money is there and you could just keep passing it on and on and on and on because here's the thing once you receive the money from the life insurance policy speaking just basic terms here you have that money and it is yours so that's why I, I want the focus to be there so now a lot of people are out there they're like okay James term insurance basic group whole life investment great what does all this stuff means, okay? So first and foremost, before we actually dive into it, you know I got to hit you guys with some numbers and some stats, okay? And this comes straight, this literally comes straight from Best Life Rates that do a lot of research on actual life insurance rates, and they kind of aggregate a lot of data. But here is the stats. They said just 3% of all Americans are said, that, are said that final expenses were the top concern, though 26% of Americans said that it was very concerning. 42% of those responding said they were extremely concerned about having enough funds for retirement, and one in five said that it was their top financial concern. So they're talking about that income replacement, that down-the-road line for them and their family. But then they asked them, you know, what is it about the life insurance? 
And they and here's the stats. It's kind of crazy. It says 84% of Americans would agree that most people need life insurance, yet when asked, only 70% said they needed any. So you got people out there that say, yeah, most people need life insurance, but I don't necessarily need it myself, which it kind of works out on both sides. It can be kind of frivolous on a financial decision, but it also can be a great thing because maybe they're thinking about being actually self-insured down the line. That's where we're going to get to a little bit later. But they said 41% of Americans do not carry any life insurance. So you have 41% of Americans that do not have any life insurance. So that's close to half of my book. And of those who do, nearly a third of those people have just a basic group policy. So what actually is a basic group policy? That's what we need to dive into because that's what most people have. And that's going to be the first thing I want to break down to you. And basically what a basic group life insurance policy is that you have an employer that owns some type of entity, an organization, a business, corporation, what have you, and the policy just covers the employees. Because usually as you come into that corporation as an employee, you're now a member of that group. So the employer gets a super huge discount if they have so many policies. It's very similar if you think about, you know, if you go to like uh, Progressive, um, not sponsored, of course. You go to Progressive, but you, you get the actual, the... The, the student discount, the homeowner's discount, the good driving record. You know, if you're a platinum member like me, you've been on there for several years, you pay online, you do automatic debit, all those things, you get a little bit of a discount. So think about it like that. The more employees we have, the bigger our organization, you know, of course, there's administrator costs to get in, but of course, you got the volume there. So usually group life or basic group life insurance is often provided as a complete employee benefit package. So it's going to be tied into your health insurance, your 401k, your IRA, your other vacation perks, benefits that you might have in there, your health savings account. It's kind of built in there. So that's one of the things that people look for when they look for a benefit package and say, I want a good job with some benefits. And I think if you're working a job and that's what your focus is, then you should get some benefits. You might want to make sure that you understand what's inside of your Brexit group life insurance. And most people are there, but they have no idea of how much it covers. And I've seen it range anywhere from $5,000 to $70,000, dollars $100,000, and even up to seven to eight times as much as you make in a year, can be built within your basic group life insurance. Well, James, how do you know these numbers? Well, good thing is my wife got the inside track, and one of the things she do for a living is she pay out life insurance benefits. So not only do I, I'm a financial nerd, but, you know, I got it straight from the horse's mouth. But now, let's talk about the next thing. Now, oh, one key thing about basic group before I move on. It's obviously tied to your employment. So if you don't, if you're not working anymore, you get fired, you get let go, benefits get cut, you go from salary to hourly, you're probably gonna lose out on that life insurance. That's one key thing to understand. It does not go with you. It's not like a 401k where you can roll it over. You cannot roll over that life insurance in your benefit package with a company. But now let's talk about another common one, okay? You might heard this a lot: term life insurance, okay? Term life insurance is basically life insurance that pays a benefit in the event that you die, an event that, you know, you have a death, of the insured in a specified term. Now, I know that sounds kind of technical, but it's basically this. Term life insurance, you have an agreed upon time for the policy. Let's say it's 20 years. If you die within that 20 years, we pay out this amount. You pay the premium every month until the 20 years are out, and then they wash your hands. You are done. Very simple, very straightforward, very straightforward. But the key thing is, 
is that you actually have to go out and get this on your own. Usually term life insurance, if you go get a separate policy outside of the basic group, you have to go to a financial planner or an insurance company, solicit and want that policy and usually buy and get that policy. Now, you have to do your own research because most times if you go there and you say, well, I just want $25,000 in basic life insurance because it's only six bucks a month. Yeah, that's cool. But you do it for 30 years and... Here's the thing. Within that time, you're going to need way more than that because remember, I said you need 10 times what you make in a salary year. So if you just got $25,000 in life insurance, obviously you make more than $2,500 a year, I would hope, if you listen to this podcast. And if not, we're going to get you there. Keep listening to this podcast. So you got to go out there and do your own research. Like I said, it's just a general rule of thumb, 10 to 20 times what you make in a year. So if I was a person making $50,000, then I would honestly go out and get myself anywhere from $750,000 to a million-dollar policy. And whatever kind of fits my budget. Usually the shorter the term, the cheaper it is. But if you can stretch that bad boy to a 30-year term, hey, go ahead and do it. And, guys, term life insurance is fairly cheap. Give you a round, give you just a rule of thumb. If you're a healthy person in your, in your mid-30s, guess what? You can get a $250,000 policy for 25 years. 20 to 25 years, and it's going to cost you less than 20 bucks a month. It's negligible what the cost is. But now, let's go on to the next thing. The real competing factor is that you might hear this term called whole life insurance. Now, I can't go in and break down every single thing about whole life insurance because it's just a very complicated financial product. But what I'm going to do is give you just the basics of how you can kind of navigate the waters of life insurance. So first of all, let's talk about this. We got the basic group, usually by your employer. Term life is paid without a specific term, usually in years. And then now you got whole life insurance. And when you kind of look at the title, what well, whole life insurance is covering you for your entire life. So say, for instance, term insurance might end for a 35-year-old 30 years down the line when they're 65. Well, obviously, it's going to be a lot harder to get an insurance policy if you're 65 years old. So a lot of people use that as a perk for themselves for whole life, especially if you have like a lot of disease and stuff like that to run through your family. You got a lot of bad practices. It might be something you want to look at. Now, like I said, I preface this as we come on. I'm not giving you guys financial advice. I'm just giving you education so you can make your own decision. Now, here's the key thing I want everybody who's listening right now to understand about whole life. Whole life insurance pays the benefit of the death of the insured, but most of the time, whole life insurance have some type of cash value attached to it. Now, a lot of people hear that and they say, well, wow, what cash value? That's what's up. I can build a savings account as I'm paying my life insurance policy. So here's where I'm going to set aside all my biases and just give you guys just the numbers and kind of how things actually work um, and just give you the numbers. So usually with a whole life policy, it's a lot more expensive than a term life policy. If we compare that same $25 premium that you have with a term, term life insurance, say quarter of a million dollars, 30 years, 20 bucks or so, you're probably going to be spending somewhere between 250 to 500 if not six to $700 a month in a whole life policy. It's, 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 it's 10 times usually, 10 to 20 times more than what the policy is. Now, what ends up happening is they'll take the money from your whole life policy premium, that higher premium you pay on a monthly basis, they'll take a portion, basically pay the term out on it, 
of the normal $25. And then they'll take the rest of the money and drop it into what they call a cash value account. Now, with any investment, with anything that you have going on, and you have your money in some type of financial institution, no matter whether it's a bank, a credit union, a wholesale investment account, you have to understand if you're depositing your money within an entity, then guess what, ladies and gentlemen? They're going to use your money for something, okay? Whether it's on their, balance, on their balance sheet or if they're using it to lend out money, just like credit cards. You know, you put money into a bank and they can lend 10 times as much as you put in. All those things are there. So I want you to keep that in the back of your head. But now, what ends up happening is that over time, you can build this cash value. Now, inside of whole life policies, okay? So key differences, whole life policies, as long as you have the policy, you're covered. Whatever the face value is, whether $100,000, $250,000, million, whatever you have, you have that that's covered for your entire life as long as you actually pay the policy. Now, the second thing I want you guys to, to understand is simply this. If you look within different whole life policies, there's a bunch of different types of insurances inside of there. For example, you got a variable universal life insurance policy, which basically builds up cash value. In, in, in this gonna, I'm gonna nerd it out for a second, but I want you guys to follow me. Write this down if you need to. If you need to come back to it. Variable universal life insurance policy basically builds up cash value within an insurance policy, but it breaks it out into separate accounts and operates like mutual funds. So it, what it does is it take the cash value that you're setting aside and invest it into stock and bond investments. It usually have a little bit more risk attached to it, but of course you get more reward because you're going based upon the stock market. Other things that you have in there is that you might have a an, an actual um, policy that's set up to be an index universal life policy where it actually goes off the stock market index. So it mimics the stock market and maybe some type of fund, but it don't actually invest in different stock and bonds investments. And it's usually a little bit lower risk. So you might have something that moves according to the S&P 500, the Dow Jones index, the Russell's 2000, those things like that um, actually are used. So those are kind of the big ones there, you know, basic whole life policy, that you can just have straight cash value like a savings account. Then you got your universal um, actual life insurance. You got your index universal life. And then you got your variable life, which can be aggregated into a bunch of different portfolios with inside the insurance. So that's it or that. I told you guys it's going to be a little bit confusing, but I want to break it down. So let's recap real quick because I covered a lot of information. Number one, you got your basic group. Usually that's just a term policy, usually of a lower amount that the employer gives you and you have this policy, um, you know, if you're to pass away while you're actually employed, especially if you're on a job and you pass. Then you got your term life insurance, which is basically something that you go out, you procure yourself based upon how much you want. And it's usually the cheaper option between term and whole life, but it's a specific term, 20 years, 35 years, 30 years, whatever the case might be. And then you got your whole life policy, which covers you for your whole life. Premiums are usually a lot more, but it has some type of investment or cash value component to it. Now, let's get to my thought about being how you can be great with your money with regards to everything we have going on here on this podcast, okay? So... The thought is, and the reason why I made this video is be, the reason why I made this podcast is because of the video I actually made last week talking about the difference between term insurance and whole life insurance. And a couple of things, like I said, term insurance is a lot cheaper. Obviously, you heard me say that. 
Number two is that you got a lot of fees associated with it. And then number three is probably the biggest thing for me is that you actually have to borrow your money. And then, you know, there's a couple different other components that for my taste and for most people that I work with, it's not really there. Now, here's the rebuttal that I'm always going to get from everybody. It's going to say, well, James, wealthy people use whole life policies all the time. And I'm going to say you absolutely 100% correct. The problem is you're not wealthy. You're not in that category. That's not your demographic right now. So let's not go there. So what I want everybody to understand is let's get started on something. I don't care if it's a $100,000 policy, a $50,000 policy, a $500,000 policy. Listen, 2018, we're stopping the GoFundMe campaigns. We're going to actually invest in some life insurance So while we're healthy, while we're young, so that we don't have those issues going on and we don't have to rally up. Oh, I was about to say something that was kind of... Uh, <laughs> it might not have been proper for the podcast, but I want you guys to really understand where I'm coming from on this. So what I tell people all the time, okay, and just give them just honest advice is look at the amount of money that you're paying versus term versus whole life. That's what you want to look at, okay? That is a key thing because if you have the choice of a whole life policy and it's 500 bucks a month, but you don't have enough money for the month and you can't make a $500 payment, then maybe you need to look at a term policy for the time being as you build up if you want to get a whole life policy. Just get something. That's the biggest thing. And after I made that video, I had all types of inboxes coming in. People said I wasn't giving the right information. I was steering people wrong. And, you know, people should have whole life policies. Now, mind you, there's a lot of insurance agents in my inbox. And, Hey, it's just the truth. I'm not trying to take any money out of their pocket, but I, but let's 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 get break it down. We know that's that really half of Americans can't cover a $400 emergency without putting in a credit card. We know that 77% of people right now, the stats in 2018 has less than $1,000 in the bank. Meaning that if they had a $1,000 emergency, they couldn't cover it. They couldn't just go swipe the debit card. They would be putting it on a credit card. You have people actually saying, well, I have a credit card for emergencies. No, you should have cash your money. Why would you let an, uh, an inconvenience like somebody hit your car or you have a blowout on the freeway or, you know, your refrigerator goes out or you need a hot water tank? Why would that be an emergency? Think how insignificant that is. That should just be an inconvenience. Your refrigerator go out, just go to Best Buy and get you another one. It's very simple. That's where I want everybody to be great with their money and where to get to. So I got some numbers and let me just go ahead and break them down. Okay. So if you actually have a whole life policy and this is the average cost that I pulled here. So what I want everybody to understand is simply this. They say if you keep the policy, okay, say for instance, I get a whole life policy is going to cover me for my whole life and I start off at age 40. Well, guess what? My premium out of pocket every single month will be $1,178. So I'm like, what? Most people ain't even got that. So a person's going to start off when they're 35. After five years, they'll be 40, 10 years, 45, and so on and so forth. But they're going to keep it to their 90 till they pass away. Well, great. They're actually going to pay a policy of $1,178 basically until they pass away. Now, the cash value that would be built up in this policy, mind you, this $100,000 policy, the cash value that they have built up in there is $289,000. whoop de do? Sounds good. And their total death benefit, if you add everything up and aggregate everything, will be about three hundred dollars and I think it says $63,000. So, cool. 
So they got the money. They got the cash value. It's all good in regards to that. Some people might say, well, that's awesome, James. That's pretty cool. I like it. But now, let's remember, we're talking about income replacement here. So if if total after it's said and done that I'm only going to get, you know, a total of the, you know, the 300 and plus thousand dollars that they have, I'm probably making more than $30,000 when I get down the line or I made more than that throughout my life. So just think about that. And even if I was to combine everything and the years would be up good and everything was to pay out and, and the whole world was rosy clean, you probably got a maximum of $500,000 that you're going to get total from your family, debt benefit, cash value comes out at the right time, you didn't borrow against it and you use it to pay none of your premiums on, you know, you just had the money sitting there, gaining about, you know, 3 4% of what they have, you got a half a million dollars. Not bad, not bad, but you could have did a lot better which is why they have this term called, you know, buy term, invest the difference. It's a term, but it's actually a phrase. <laughs> it's buy term and invest the difference. So the thought is, is for the time being, as we're building up our wealth, let's buy term insurance because term insurance is a lot cheaper. Now, I'm telling you, on a $100,000 policy, you're probably going to spend anywhere between, you know, I would say 20 to 40 to 50 bucks. But let's say, for instance, I'm a motorcycle riding young man. I smoke cigars and I do all that stuff. Well, my premium, I got high blood pressure. I'm pre-diabetic. I drink Cokes every day. Let's, let's get to what the real numbers will be. Now, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. You're probably going to be somewhere around $200. I, that was the most expensive quote that I have gotten for a term policy. And this is considering that if I had a 25-year term policy. Very straightforward. Well, guys, that's going to leave about 200 Out of that 200 bucks, it's going to leave about $1,000, about, about 800 out of that $1,000. Let's just use just simple math. 800 out of that $1,000 premium, if I was paying $1,000 on the premium, for the whole life, I'm comparing it to term life. I'm paying $200 for the highest policy. What if I just invested the difference for that same amount of time? Now, remember, in the example, what, what the insurance company provided is they said you're going to keep it for 55 years. So I said, okay, if I can afford the $1,000 for 55 years, then I can afford the $200 of the premium at the same time. But I'm going to take the $817 that I have and just go ahead and invest that for the same 55 years. Now, I put the interest rate at the same interest rate you would get from the life insurance policy. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? You would have $1.9 million if you bought term and invest the difference. And here's the thing. After the 25 years after the term life insurance lapsed, you would have about $780,000. So that's actually more than what you would have with the whole life policy and that's your money. That's your money that you have. So guess what? You can just get rid of the two, the, the actual 217 in the policy and just take that extra 217 that you was paying, drop it onto your investment account, invest $1,000 plus, and really you will have even more money, about $2.3 That's what they mean by buy term invest the difference. Why have an account building up with the insurance company when I can just buy term and on the same length of time, I can just drop my own money into my own investment account. Now, here's what 
Limra actually International, which is a financial service company that does research for financial companies. It helps them get their predictive analytics and learn how to market to people. But they said that 12.7% of whole life insurance policies will lapse will lapse their policies in the first year. In the second year, got about 8.1% of people will let it lapse. So that basically means they can't afford it or they don't pay it or they say that the heck with it. And then you got 5.5% of people will lapse in the third year. So when I look at that math, when I add up that math right there, we got a quarter of the people not even realizing or getting to the point of building any cash value because they stopped it before they got to the five-year mark. And they have a chart here. They said if the policy is kept for five years, your average annual rate of return will be negative 10%. So guess what? Because you have not built up enough cash value over the life of that policy, you actually lose out just with anything. You got fees, administrative fees, and things like work like that. That's the reason why I have a slight bias to buying, term, and invest the difference. I were ready for you to get a term policy, very cheap, won't stress and break the bank, and even take a portion of the money and actually invest it. It is so huge for you to get that done. And the reason is, ladies and gentlemen, is not to get into an insurance world of whole life is better than term life or term life. It's just simple math that makes sense. Now, let's jump in for the kicker, and I'm going to have to go for the juggler, okay? And I want everybody to understand this. I think this is a key point that a lot of people miss out, and I hope you guys are ready for this. Let's say, for instance, it has been... 40 years, and I've kept the policy, and I have done everything I was supposed to do, and I pass away, and I got cash value in there. Did you know the actual life insurance company will absorb, which is just a pretty word for keep, but they will keep your cash value and not pay it to your family and just pay what's called the face value or the $100,000 or $250,000, you know that even number that you got to begin it? They'll just pay the face value of the insurance company of the insurance policy. They will not give you the cash value. You can Google this. You can look this up. I promise you, this is something that's kind of crazy. So wait a minute. I put money into this quote-unquote variable life index that's based upon the stock market. You guys are going to invest my money, guarantee my money, have those things there. But when I pass away, if I got money in, the, in that account, then you keep it. You absorb it. You'd basically say you absorb it. And I challenge anybody, Google this. Just Google what happens if I have cash value in my whole life policy and I die. Just Google it. It will come up. I promise you. It's the first answer on Google. You have to understand that, ladies and gentlemen, because you're out here being great with your money. You're protecting your family. And I want everybody to have that in the forefront and make sure. I'm not saying it's a get you, got you, gimme. I'm letting you know what the true answer is on both sides. But now, let's jump into one more other thing here, and we're going we're gonna to wrap it up as far as going back with the differences. Here's one of the things that you, that you must understand. When they say cash value, and this is like any investment account that is, that is set up this way or any investment-grade life insurance, when they say cash value, okay, it's not really cash value. It's put into account. Now, when you get to that account, that's all good. But if you want the money out of the account, you got to borrow it. You got to borrow it from the account. It's very similar to borrowing against your 401k. It's just not like I can go up to the ATM and pull cash value out. I 
actually have to go out there and borrow my own money. Well, to me, that just seems a little crazy because if I'm putting the money in, I'm doing what I have to do. Why do I have to borrow my own money? And I'm just a little off put by that, about that, but hey, it is what it is. But they tell you, well, hey, James, as long as you get the money out and you take the money, you do what you're supposed to do and, you know, you do all those things, then you'll be all right. When the last, uh, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say, when the last time somebody actually planned to die, but we know that thing has happened and I'm not saying it as a joking manner, but I'm not planning to walk outside and die tomorrow. That's just not in the cars. It's not on my plane. Now, if that's my, that, that's what's set up for me, then hey, but that's not my plan. So how can I properly prepare myself to borrow the money when I'm supposed to have if I just abruptly have an accident or something where catastrophic were to happen, which typically is what happened. People have catastrophic accidents, which leads to the family scrambling, trying to pull money together to take care of expenses, debts, and to help the family out that's left behind. That's typically what happened. It's a catastrophic, catastrophic event that people are left with their pockets out because they have nothing coming in. I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I, I want everybody to take some type of action. So here's my call to action. If you do not have any type of insurance outside of your employer, let's go ahead and get that set up right now. The younger you are, the cheaper you are. To me personally, I didn't gave you the reasons why the whole life you might want to look somewhere else. I didn't gave you the definition of term, and I already told you what you needed, 10 to 20 times what you make in a year. I challenge you to go out and get your own policy set up. It doesn't take long. They just might have to do a medical exam. Most places don't even have to do a medical exam anymore. It's very simple. I did a medical exam because I know I'm healthy, and usually if you do the medical exam and you ain't got nothing wrong, you get a bit of a discount on the term insurance. So that's just a, a fun fact right there. But I want everybody to go out there, get something going, and make sure that you and your family are covered. So if you have a spouse, a working spouse, you depend on that income, make sure they're covered. 10 to 20 times what they make. If you can't do 10 to 20 times what they make, give me, give me five times. Get some type of multiple in there that's going to set you up. Now, to address the rebuttal that everybody says, well, James, whole life is great because rich people use it. Just because rich people use it does not mean that you're in that necessarily category. But let me address that. If you are in that category, you might want to look at some investment grade life insurance because it's great for estate planning. And when you start putting in millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, then one, two, three, four percent of that money is huge tax-free income. But you're not getting very much on your cash value at $10,000 at 4%. I mean, you know, you're getting 400 bucks. Now, if you got $100 million, or $10 million, or even a million dollars, now you can start moving into some different things. So the bottom line is, ladies and gentlemen, is what I like to try to try to get everybody started and focus on their money, is keep investments one thing and keep insurance the other thing. It's too confusing, in my opinion, of when you combine them together for the average person. Here is the thing. We know from kindergarten to 12th grade, we never taught anything about money. If you went to college, you probably never taught anything about money there, not personal finance. You can go to school and get an MBA in finance. You're taught corporate finance, valuations, allocations, you know, assets, and those things of that nature, but not how to do your taxes, not how to set up your, your financial plan. You're not really taught any of that. So keep it separate. Keep it simple. And make sure that you get yourself covered because the bottom line is insurance should just be set up for income replacement. Do not try to get too fancy when you are not in that position. Now, after you've been listening to this podcast and now you're a multimillionaire, then hey, let's talk about some different things. But as of right now, if you're like where most people are at, 
Okay, you're working, trying to get your plan going, trying to get your family started. Start protecting your income because it's income replacement. So, guys, I hope that provided some value for you. I know it's really technical on this episode here, but I had to put that out there to dive deep and to kind of give a little bit of the perspective of what we're talking about with regards to life insurance. Okay, 2018. We, I mean, they literally have apps for life insurance. You can go online, get yourself a policy. You can find, and you know, you probably know somebody that's an insurance person that's in your family. Give them a little business. Maybe you got a homeboy, a homegirl that sell insurance, you know. They might come in and try to hit you with the whole life because obviously larger premium, larger commissions don't do anything that's not for your financial plan. Maybe you get a term policy from them. They'll still be happy. I'm pretty sure you know of a financial salesman in your family. So, Work out, get them some business, get covered, okay? It's nothing wrong with this. These are the things that we need to talk about in regards to personal finance so we can be on track of getting things done. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what I want to do is I'm going to cut the episode there. I don't want to dive deep into anything else because I think there was a lot of terms. Go back, re-listen to this, get your information, research everything that I said, and I guarantee you, you'll understand where I'm coming from. But guys, that's it. That is another episode in the bag. My name is James D. Anderson, your host, your facilitator of the Be Great With Your Money podcast at IMJD Anderson on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I've been on Snapchat a little bit more since that update, but if you want to get at me on Snapchat, it's all good. You can DM me on Instagram if you ever got any finance questions. If you have any questions that you want me to bring onto the show, you can always email me at james at jda-solutions.com that's james at jda-solutions.com send me some questions we'll put it on here and guys no questions is a dumb question and obviously if you have a question there's bound to be somebody else who's listening to these podcasts that also have a question so that's it ladies and gentlemen i appreciate everybody go check out the youtube page check out the video i'll make sure i put the video in the show notes talking about term insurance versus whole life insurance a lot of people like that video so i'm gonna put that in the show notes there but it has been a grand time talking with you ladies and gentlemen here today hope you got something out of it protect your family and of course keep being great with your money and i'll talk to you on the next episode this episode of the be great with your money podcast was brought to you by jda solutions where strategy is how you win financially visit jda-solutions.com and click learn more for more information